Paris is one of those places that you always dream about. And both of us have spent a lot of time there recently. So in today's episode, we're sharing all the dirty details. This is Travel Babies. We're just two sisters trying to travel the world in style, but sometimes things don't go as planned. Each week, we talk about important travel topics to help you decide when, where, and how to explore the world in style. I'm Juliana from Travel Juliana, a professional travel blogger from Boston. And I'm JQ from jqlouise.com, and I'm also a professional travel writer, blogger, and influencer also from Boston. Combined, we have over 200,000 followers across our social media platforms, and we love sharing our travel tips and tricks with you all. But before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and give us a review if you enjoy our podcast. It really helps us a lot. We've been doing a lot of episodes on France lately, and honestly, I just can't get enough. I love talking about it. I love talking about all the different destinations, and obviously Paris is such an amazing city. You know, of course, we had to do a whole episode on it. Exactly. So obviously both of us have spent a ton of time in Paris recently and it's so funny because like I haven't been to Paris in a few years, like even before COVID, like I didn't go to Paris all of 2019. Like I was thinking about it. The last time I was there was in 2018. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Honestly, it's like with COVID, it kind of, it felt like I hadn't been there in so, so long. And I went at the very end of 2019, early 2020. And I, you know, just being there for the first time in June, and then we spent, you know, a couple of weekends there throughout the summer, I was kind of just, whoa, it's been way too long. And, you know, I wanted to spend more time there and really take it all in because Paris is such a huge city and there's so much you want to be able to see. So, you know, it's definitely something like you want to be able to go to at least once a year because there's every time you go, you're going to be doing different things. It's basically impossible to do, you know, the same thing every time because there's so much you want to see. You know, it's easy to get to from Boston and, you know, post-COVID now, there's tons of direct flights. It's easy and yeah, it's it's just an amazing city. Yeah, I know. So getting there, um, I mean, we both did two different ways of getting there. I mean, for me, you know, my recent trip to France where I met up with you, I flew Iceland Air from Boston. Iceland Air has a ton of direct flights from Boston to Iceland. And then you use that as a stopover to get to Europe. And they have a ton of awesome destinations in Europe, Paris being one of them. They have daily flights. It's super convenient. Usually the price is also very affordable, but you do have the option to upgrade to their Saga class, which is their premium cabin. And I loved it. I mean, I would definitely do it again. It was really convenient. I One thing that I really liked was that their flight was really late at night from Boston. It was at like 9 p.m., So it was really easy to fall asleep. You know, I woke up. It was early morning in Iceland. I had a quick little layover. Then I had just a three-hour flight to Paris. So, you know, I think that's a great option. It's affordable and it's just very consistent. You know, that's an option. But I mean, Juliana, you're a big fan of Air France. You always do the direct flight to Paris. So that's another great option as well. Yeah, I love Air France. I think, you know, before COVID, obviously there was a lot more options for flying to France. But I think now it's get, it's definitely gotten a lot better and you know kind of what you can rely on. So definitely stay up to date on it. Like look at the flight prices, look at what people are saying about the flights um, to kind of know what's going on with them. Because, you know, we did have a little bit of trouble with Aer Lingus in the past or just 
um, you know, just try to stay as up to date as possible. And I'm hoping, you know, things only change for the better. But yeah, Air France is awesome. I think it's super easy from Boston because it's only like six hours, 45 minutes. And, you know, sometimes it's even quicker than that. And it is great too. If, if you do take Air France and you have, you're able to get access to the Air France lounge in the um, Boston Logan airport, it was super great because it was right next to where all of those flights leave from. And I, I was able to just, you know, sit in there, work a little bit, eat before my flight this time around. So, you know, I'll definitely always try to take Air France because it's direct and it's the service on aboard the flight is great too. But like Jacqueline said too, it's Iceland there is a great option. And honestly, a lot of the, the layover flights too are, are pretty easy as well. Yeah, tons of options, especially from Boston. Paris is just one of those places that I know we'll keep going back to again and again. But this time, you know, since this was my first time back in a few years, I really wanted to just explore. So let's talk about the different neighborhoods of, you know, places to stay in Paris. Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously tons of options and it really just depends on what you want. I mean, some of our favorites are Montmartre, like near the Louvre, Pigalle, the Marais. Um, honestly, I think there's each neighborhood is so unique in kind of what restaurants are there, what the feeling is, what the vibe is, what stores you want to see, what you, if you want to be close to museums or monuments. So honestly, it's just like get a feel for the type of neighborhood you want to stay in and what you want to see and then try to pick your hotel uh, off of that. Yeah, definitely. So this time around, I started my trip off at the Hotel de Louvre, which is literally located across from the Louvre. It was super convenient because I took the train from Charles de Gaulle Airport and I only had to change the metro once to actually get right to the Louvre metro stop. So, you know, I was traveling by myself. I wanted something that was convenient. I wanted to be in a place that I knew I would have a ton of fun walking around that was close to shopping, close to restaurants. I actually had some Hyatt points that I got to use for this stay. I had a complimentary junior suite it was a beautiful corner room, and it was honestly such a dream. I mean, this was one of those hotel rooms that you really dream about when you think of a luxury trip to Paris. Yeah, I know. The pictures from this hotel were just so pretty, and I think one of the things, too, I love about Paris is most of the buildings have, like, amazing little balconies, and you can look out onto the street, and even, like, looking at the buildings themselves, they're super historical, and none of the buildings are super, super high, like skyscrapers, but that's kind of what gives it its charm, so even just, like, the buildings itself and the hotels, they always look really pretty, and I mean, the, the nice thing about Paris, too, is no matter what neighborhood you want to stay in, there's tons of hotel options. So tons of different price ranges, different areas, you know, different types of hotels. Yeah, there's plenty of options. So I definitely recommend the Hotel de Louvre. I mean, the reason I liked it so much was because this is one of those quintessential parts of Paris. The Louvre, the Tuileries Gardens, you know, this is what Americans think of when we come to Paris. And I just really wanted to see all of that again. And then I also wanted to do shopping on all the main streets right there. Rue Cambon is close by. St. Honoré is close by where Goyard is. I wanted to just do all the kind of classic Parisian things that I think of. But the other great thing is that, you know, because this is one of the historic hotels of Paris, you get a lot of that charm right within the hotel. Because I only stayed for one night, I didn't have a ton of time to explore a lot, but I got a lot of those experiences right there. Like when I had breakfast in the morning, 
the breakfast was in their beautiful bistro. It literally was like the classic Parisian experience and the food was so delicious. I mean, this was one of the most decadent breakfasts that I've had in a while. It was exactly what I needed on my first trip back to Paris. Yeah, I love the breakfast in Paris. Honestly, I mean, we had so many great breakfasts around France, like in Cannes, but I think in Paris, there's like a whole span of types of breakfasts you can have too. You can literally just go to any bakery and grab a croissant and a coffee, or you know, you can have something more decadent, like Jacqueline said. Again, you kind of need to know what are you looking for and how many nights are you staying? How much time do you have? That's a great way to, to be able to decide where you want to stay. Exactly. So that's where I stayed at the beginning of my trip. Um, but on the tail end of my trip, I had another night in Paris because again, you know, I was coming from the south of France with Juliana and I took the train back up to Paris. So I figured to play it safe, it'd be great to just spend my last night in Paris. That way I'd be right there and I could just take a Uber to the airport in the morning. But so on my way home, I actually stayed in a new area for me. I stayed in the Pigalle, um, and I stayed at this really funky design hotel called La Pigalle. And I just booked this on Hotels.com. Like this wasn't a hosted stay or anything. Um, I've been really hooked on design hotels lately. Um, so I just went on Hotels.com, looked for design hotels, and I found Le Pigalle. And it was only like $130 for one night. And I actually got a slightly upgraded room. I got like the deluxe room instead of the normal room. And it was totally worth it. I mean, the bed was so comfortable and just the design everywhere was so funky, so cool, really fits with the Pigal neighborhood. I chose this hotel because I was like, oh, that looks like an awesome hotel, really funky. It'll just be really fun for me just to spend a night there. But what I didn't realize is that it's actually so close to the Montmartre neighborhood. Yeah, I love Montmartre. I think Pierre-Luc and I have been there a ton of times. His brother used to live near there and um, it's funky. It's kind of a hipster area. And I think it's also become like a super popular area for younger people to live in now because it is like, you know, you have great restaurants, it's more hipster. It's, you know, it's definitely a cool vibe. But yeah, I think also there's just tons. It's great now that you can even like on hotels.com or hotel tonight, you can choose the type of hotel you want to stay in. So like for you, you love design hotels. That's what you were looking for specifically. And you're able to find this great one and for not too expensive, you know, per night either. So there's definitely a lot of ways to find the exact type of hotel you're looking for too. Yeah, exactly. It was really great. I mean, this because, you know, this was my last day of the trip. I wanted just some time to explore, relax, and just kind of unwind from, you know, we had a hectic trip. So it was also nice that I had a night to myself in Paris again. I checked into my hotel, you know, I caught up on a little work and then I had to go find dinner. So I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually really close to Montmartre. I should just go walk up that neighborhood. I knew it would be nice to walk around a little bit. And I know there's a ton of cafes. Like I'll just pick a place. So I walked, it was only about 10 minutes from my hotel and it was just like a straight shot. And honestly, it was one of the most picturesque walks that I've had in a while because this really felt like a real Parisian neighborhood to me. I mean, it was residential, only French people around and, you know, it was like a Sunday night. So everyone was just like walking around, you know, grabbing something for dinner, grabbing groceries to go make dinner at home. Like it just really felt like a real neighborhood. and. As I was walking, I went up to the Sacre-Cœur to go look at the, you know, the cathedral. I didn't go all the way up. 
Um, I just looked at it from the bottom. But um, then, you know, after that, I was just like looking around for cafes, looking around. There were tons of them and they were all pretty busy. Um, but then I saw one that looked pretty trendy and I looked at the clientele that was there. Everyone was really well dressed, pretty young, really trendy looking. So I went in there and then when I sat down, I looked at the menu and the name of the place was La Bimbo. Yeah, that's so funny. I think like Paris, honestly, that's why I love it too. There's so many like funny things like that where they're like, you know, they use an American word or something and it's, and they're making fun of it, but it's also like, what's crazy too. And Pierre Lucas explained this to me so many times. I still don't get it. The humor is like, they'll, you know, we'll, we'll say like, oh, it's, they're being sarcastic or they're making fun of themselves or it, it's like a certain type of humor. It's really dry humor. But in French culture, I think they, they say it's like, oh, that's first degree or that's second degree. Or that's third degree. And it's kind of, it's the same type as like what we say when someone's being sarcastic or their humor is really dry. But honestly, I feel like it's first or second degree. I'm not even sure. But that's, I, I just love the fact that they they do these types of things. And even like at a rest, like they name a restaurant, Le Bimbo, you know. Yeah, no, I love it. Like super Parisian. Um, but I loved it. It was so good. It had a great vibe. And all I got was just a... I got this giant Aperol spritz, and then for my meal, I got truffle rigatoni, and it was unreal. It was perfectly cooked. It was delicious. It was the perfect size. The Aperol spritz was expertly made, and it was huge, and then I got a carafto because I actually yeah. had – I spoke a lot of French when I was there because I – honestly, it's funny. I got used to you speaking a lot when yeah. we would go to restaurants, but – when I was on my own, it was great practice, and the guy just kept speaking to me in French. It was actually really fun, and I don't know. It was the perfect little Parisian night out, and the meal was fantastic. Like, I would 100% go there again. Yeah, it literally looked so good. I'm definitely going to have to try this place when, when I go back. Um, no, but I think it's great, too, like, especially when the waiter or the waitress comes and they speak to you in French and you really try and make an effort. You know, that's obviously they, they love that. And, you know, of course, they know, OK, she has an accent, but that's fine. She's trying. And it is just great practice. And it's really fun, too, because it's being able to like really get around and do things yourself in a different city and you know a place like we love like Paris is just such a great feeling so yeah I really do honestly like being home I really miss just speaking French and like getting around and figuring things out and no thinking in my head okay this this word is exactly what that means in English or it's like that that's there's like a French word and then an English derivative from that where it comes like a lot of stuff just makes so much more sense when you really start to hear the language like all the time. So I really do miss that. Yeah, I love it. I know. It was such a blast. Like, um, I don't know. Everything about it is just so much fun. And Paris is one of those cities where you can go with a group, you can go with your family, you can go by yourself. You know, I just think anytime you go, as long as you go into it with the right attitude, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. And I mean, I I think one other thing we can mention too. So they, when we were there uh, and when Jacqueline was there, you know, they were just starting it, but they, it's fully implemented now, the past sanitaire. Um, so it's basically just like showing 
it's an app um, and Jack and I had to show it a couple of times in Cannes and then I know you said you had to use it in Paris as well. So um, it's an app that you download and you have to just show either the vaccine or basically it's saying you have a negative um, PCR test within 72 hours, I believe. But for us, you know, we got vaccinated in the US, so we have the CDC cards, so we were carrying those around with us. So definitely make sure you have that, um, you know, with you whenever you go to a restaurant, bar, theater, basically anywhere. They're doing a lot of the contact tracing through this app, which is called Anti-COVID. And actually, you know, Jacqueline and I downloaded it for the first time in Cannes. And then I had to use it again in Paris when I was there like two weeks later. So just keep that in mind too. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind. Like they are doing it. I mean, I was literally there the Monday that I left was the first day that it went into full effect all across France. I literally went to a cafe in the morning and I sat outside and the guy still asked me past any tear. And then um, I just showed him my vaccine card. And then, you know, he said, okay, because, you know, for Americans, we can't really get on the app and get the barcode that you can scan because, you know, our vaccine, you know, we have an American vaccine, like in France, you know, it's just in a different system. So I think there is a way if a French doctor inputs your information into the system that you can technically get on it. But I know that's difficult and it's not required for tourists. I mean, the information is still hard to like get a straight answer on that. But just from our experience, I mean, there's nothing we can do. So we just have to show your vaccine card and that's good yeah, enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've never gotten it turned down. Obviously I haven't used it a ton, but I think obviously if tourists are allowed in France with just the vaccine card, then restaurants are going to want them too. So I think, yeah, there's nothing really we can do at this point. And honestly, I think it is, I'm not sure if like an American can get on on uh, the past because it's like you kind of have to already be in the health system. So like for Pierre Luc, I think he can get on it because he's already in the French healthcare system, but like I'm not. So he could have a doctor like say he already got the vaccine just in the US. It's it is, you know, there's nothing there's no perfect solution right now. It seems to be working fine with just the vaccine card, but yeah, I think um, I'm hoping they they sort of develop something where it can be more like automated for on our part. So so it's just a little bit easier, like something on our phone would be nice rather than having carried around. But it's fine for the time being. Yeah, exactly. I know. And like, honestly, the vaccine card's pretty small. So it fits in like wallets and purses pretty easily. It's just like you physically have to remember to bring it um, because places definitely are checking. And I think now they're even checking when you take the train, like if you take, you know, the TGV as well. So just build in some extra time until you, you know, see how it is. Because I was literally there on the last day or my last day was the first day that it went into full effect. And then Juliana was there, you know, for a few weeks afterwards, but she was a little bit more remote um, and was only in Paris for a few days. So if you're going to Paris, you're going to France, know that that's the reality and just kind of be flexible, plan around it and just be prepared. Places are actually doing it. There was maybe like one or two places where they didn't ask us for it. it and not in Paris, like in the, in Provence, but basically everywhere is asking for it. So just plan, plan ahead and make sure you have it with you. Cause it does suck if you, you know, you're planning to go somewhere like to a museum or a restaurant and then you forgot it and then they don't let you in. Um, but yeah, so, you know, keep stay up to date on it. Cause obviously again, like with COVID anything could change drastically in one day. So just, you know, keep, keep up to date on all of that. 
Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I mean, let's just talk about some more of the fun things in Paris because it is an awesome time to go because there are a lot less crowds than normal. Yeah, honestly, like August is a great time to go, especially to Paris because a lot of the Parisians are on vacation. You know, we talked about it last week. Like August is definitely a big touristy month um, in the south of France and in Provence, but for Paris, it's a great time to go, you know, if it, as long as it's not like super, super hot. I've only been there a couple of times when it's been like really, really hot and humid. Um, but otherwise, you know, the weather's nice and it's it's a great time to go because there's not like so many crowds. And especially this summer with not as many international tourists, August is a great time to go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I noticed right away, I mean, on my first day when I was there, when I was just walking around the Louvre in the morning, like just like you know, taking some pictures and just kind of enjoying myself, normally those places would be crowded with people taking photos at like 7 or 8 a.m. And there was no one. Like I was the only one around. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I noticed that too. Like right when I got there, I'm like, there's no people here. And normally the summer is such a busy month, such a busy time in Paris, but it's like, you can just walk or like even Jardin de Tuileries or like the Louvre, like you said, like it really wasn't crowded. And that was awesome just to be able to see and just witness that because next summer it's probably going to be really crowded again. So I think we were really lucky to be able to go this time too. Yeah. I feel like we were so lucky to go because of the restrictions. Finally, it lined up where we were allowed to go, but it wasn't crowded because there's still no big tour groups or anything like that. And a lot of other countries are still not allowed in. So you know, I definitely feel fortunate that we were able to go. We were able to do it safely. We're fully vaccinated. There's nothing else we can really do. Um, and it was just a great time. And we got to just spend most of our time outside. Yeah, exactly. The weather is always nice. You know, even in the fall, like I really want to maybe go this fall just to be able to see it. You know, I know it won't be as touristy with like school and everything starting and just um, you know, see what the weather's like and just enjoy it when, when it's still like not really, really cold too. So, um, no, I think it's a great time and there's, you know, there's tons of stores and just like shopping. There's, there's basically anything you could want. So really just like do your research beforehand and figure out the best place for you to, like, if you're looking for something specific, I know me and Pierre Luke were like, he was looking, I mean, we, we visited, um, like a huge electronics store. He wanted to buy a new hard drive. I was looking for different bags. Like I just wanted to like walk around in the Marais because that's one of my favorite areas to shop. So honestly, just Google Maps is great. You can find, you can look at reviews. You can find um, different price ranges for things. I know in maybe one episode we were talking about like different nail salons or, or hair salons. Um, there's tons too. Like I had a wedding at one weekend and I was just you know searching for a place close to where we were staying and yeah there's just the great thing is there's always like tons around you and so many options for whatever you need yeah so honestly our like mainly you just need to do your research and not try to do too much like be very focused on what your goal of the trip is like if it's your first time in Paris you know your goal is to see the Eiffel Tower see the Louvre walk around go to a cafe like that's it if you've been there many times, like pick a new neighborhood, be like, I'm going to explore the, the Moray today or St. Germain or the Pigalle, pick a neighborhood and choose your hotel so that it's in that neighborhood because that's the easiest way to explore. I mean, that's exactly what I did this time around. Like I picked two different neighborhoods for my two different times that I would be there. That way I could actually explore them and just kind of explore them like a local. 
Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, for you, especially this trip, you had a very clear idea of what you wanted to do each each night you were there. And, you know, you definitely accomplished basically what you wanted to do and just explore, like you said, because you were traveling alone. But okay, so I think now let's move on to our travel tips. So, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks now. And just every week we want to say, you know, one travel tip that we definitely recommend for you know, in relation to the topic that we're talking about. So I think for this, our tip is really just visit Paris in the off season like we did. There's, you know, there's not many crowds. There's tons of, you can really experience like the French culture and, you know, specifically for this, the Parisian culture. And, you know, the summertime is a great time to go. Yeah, totally agree. Like off season is always one of the best times to go to any popular destination. Honestly, right now, I'd say this whole year is kind of an off season for a lot of places, Paris being one of them. I mean, everyone has kind of you know, left the cities to go to the countryside. So honestly, countryside destinations are a lot more crowded than city destinations. If you've been dreaming about going to Paris, you know, don't let the restrictions scare you. Just do your research, be prepared, you know, have all your documents. But then once you're there, honestly, you'll have the place to yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Babies podcast. We really appreciate your support. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us a review. It really helps us a lot. We hope you enjoyed hearing about Paris this summer. Catch us next week for more travel tips. Thanks, JQ. Thanks, Juliana. Thank you for listening to Helium Radio. The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and should not be construed in any way as advice from Helium Radio. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our website. Personal perspectives expressed by producers, writers, and editors will always be presented as such. Any rebroadcast or retransmission without the express written consent of Helium Radio is strictly prohibited. Thanks for listening.